Hello and welcome to Inspired Mind Podcast. As you connect with our content, we hope that you'll be inspired to grow and develop a better you. Please be encouraged to share this with others. Happy growing. Amen. Amen. Somebody say better amen. 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 Turn with me to the book of Ephesians 1. We're going to read from verse 3. Um, We're going to read quickly from verse 3 to 14. Um, Ephesians 1, 3 to 14. I always love to read from the New Living Translation because of the clarity of his English. See, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realm because we are united with Christ. Come on, somebody say Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do. It gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. Come on, somebody say good news there. He has, showed, he has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. God has now revealed to us his mysterious, his mysterious will regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own good plan, and this is his plan. At the right time, he will bring everything together under the authority of Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance with God. For he chose us in advance and he makes everything work according to his plan. God's purpose was, was that we Jews, who we are the first to trust in Christ, will bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, we, all of us, have also heard the truth, the good news that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identifies you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit, whom he promised long ago. The Spirit is God's guarantee that he will give us the inheritance he promised and that he has purchased us to be his own people. He did this so we would praise and glorify his name. Hallelujah. It's, it's an important thing. Um, one of the things that I want us to do, let's take it as an assignment this period, um, especially this week. Let's just commit this week and say that we're going to read Ephesians 1 to 3 um, this week. Just, just dive in and chew, chew every word there. Uh, if you have to underline your Bible like myself, do that. If you have to stop on a word and go into the dictionary and begin to get how that word is, um, do it. But until we begin to take the scripture from our head into our heart, we will not be able to find benefit and profit from it. So we need to have an understanding. So from that scripture and from everything there, why, why is it important for us to understand how God sees us? Why do we need to understand how God sees us? You see, it's, it, it, there, there's something we usually say as Christians, blessed assurance. It's important for us to know the real thing, the, 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 the purpose and every thought that God has towards us. I love to do that with my children a lot. Um, I usually want to let them know exactly what I feel about them. And one of the reasons why I do that is because the world is going to tell them so many things. And I want to make sure that my voice is louder. 
Because the world is full of distraction. I was just having that conversation with my son this morning. I said, the greatest thing you can do to yourself is to understand exactly how you are, who you are. And so when we understand how God sees our life, it's, it guides us a, a, against every errors and, and the things that others say that is not true about us. And this is one of the reasons why Paul sent that letter to the uh, saints in Ephesus. If you notice why we're reading that scripture, everything was centered on Jesus. Because he wanted to emphasize the fact that when you sit in Christ, it becomes easy for you to walk through life. So walking, with, walking through life and having a divine and unbelievable experience in life starts by sitting in Christ. So we sit to walk in life. That's one of the gifts and one of the things that Ephesus wanted us to understand. And I'm going to quickly, um, within, the time I, within the time that I have, I'm going to quickly jump straight into um, how God sees us. I mean, we've read that scripture and I, I, I was reading and underlined and I was searching and I was trusting the Holy Spirit to just inspire my mind. Because I know that if we have a confirmation and an understanding of how God sees us, there's nothing in this life that people say or that the world throws at us that will matter to us as much as that understanding. And that's one of the understanding that the devil wants to distort in your heart. So you don't see yourself that way. Praise the Lord. The first thing is that God he sees you as holy. He sees you as holy. I'm sure this is hard for some of us to believe because every time somebody says, are you, are you holy? You say, oh, no, I'm not holy. Because you can't see yourself to be holy. Yes, you are not holy. You are right. I'm not holy. Nobody is holy but Jesus. But every time God looks at you, God looks at you through the eyes of Jesus. That's the beauty why we have to sit on him. God looks at you through the eyes of Jesus. That's why there is no other way to God's heart except through Jesus. So the holiness that is ascribed on you, the, you see Christ imputed that righteousness and holiness on you so that God, every time God looks at you, he sees you as holy. Now I know the person sitting by you might be wondering, how can you be holy? You that is sitting by me. And you are saying in your heart that what about you? But the truth is that in Christ, you're holy. So he sees you like that. And that's why it's important for us to have that understanding. You see, Christians are saints by position, not by their personal merit. You are not a saint because you did so good. We are saved by grace, not by our works. So this is, what the, this is what Jesus has brought to your life through the Holy Spirit. So you are holy. And one of the things that makes that important to us is that every time you look at yourself as holy, oh, God sees me as holy. That guides the way you act. That guides the way you conduct yourself. If you are called a prince, you want to behave like a prince. Everything that you, the, 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 Lord, the way the Lord sees you is how you want to heart your life out. So he sees you as holy. Not by your merit. 
It's irrespective of how many times we fall short of our ability to stay faithful every day. It doesn't change the fact of how God sees you. Praise the Lord. Another way that God sees you is that you are chosen. He sees you that you are chosen. If you look at the book of Ephesians 4, Ephesians 1 verse 4, in Ephesians 1 verse 4, it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. You are chosen. See, the relationship that we enjoy with God was initiated by God, not us. I always tell believers that when you, when you, when you are giving your life to God, or you, are, you are saying that, oh, I just fell in love with Jesus. You are just, all you are doing is you are responding to his love. Because even while you didn't know him, even while you were a sinner, he loved you. So our entire Christianity and everything that we do in life is a response to the love that Jesus has sent for us. So God initiated love into the world. So you are choosing. And I, and I like that scripture because it, it identifies. Let's, let's look at Ephesians 1 verse 11. I, I like to read Ephesians 1 11. It says, furthermore, because we are united with Christ, we have received an inheritance from God, for he chose us in advance. He makes everything work out according to his plan. So Jesus has purposely selected you and that you've been chosen. I don't know how that makes you feel, that I'm chosen. So if I'm going about my life, remember I, remember I said that our walking starts by our sitting in Christ. So I'm able to sit in Christ and say, because I'm chosen. When somebody is chosen, there are things that are expectations of somebody who is chosen. There are things that it's proper and it's okay and it's, it's, permiss I mean, it's permissive for other people. That is not the case because I'm a chosen child of God. Amen. And the interesting one which we are familiar with is that you are saved. Yes, you are saved. I mean, he, he didn't say you will be saved. He said you are saved. Your salvation story is sealed. I'm going to read quickly from the book of Ephesians 2. Um, I will read verse 8 to 10. Ephesians 2, verse 8 to 10. Say, so God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. This is Apostle Paul reminding the saints in Ephesus that you have to remember this, friends. You have been saved. So none of us can boast about it, for we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. Let me explain. Every time I talk about us being God's masterpiece, sometimes I lose a lot of people because they can't imagine what, that, what does that even mean. You know what a masterpiece is? You know how an artist is respected when you say, um, um, what, who is a popular artist now? Um, Leonardo da Vinci or whatever it is. You know, most of you guys know this better than I do. You know, because I, I don't collect, I don't pay $50,000 for a frame. I'm not there yet. Amen. <laughs> yeah, some people really love art, art like they could do that, but I won't do that. Um, so, 
You know how an artist is respected by the product. See, when an artist showcase their artwork, they call it their masterpiece because they've taken their time to make it. And then we begin to respect them, we begin to accord honor to them because of the quality of their work. You are God's masterpiece. That means if anybody is going to look at God to be big, if anybody is going to look at God to be amazing, if anybody is going to look at God to be, to be awesome, they're going to look at God through your life. So God is so, God is so eager to make you a masterpiece that you are. So a lot of people don't, don't understand what that means. You see, the, the, the greatest pride of God is, is, the, is, the, is the humanity. You were made in his own image. A long time ago, we started here in, in Ignite, um, in Mount Zion, when we say God is good, you know, the traditional thing that we usually say in the past will be God is good all the time, right? But we, 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 we tweaked it around a little bit here at Mount Zion. We said God is good, look at me. I don't know if anybody's getting it. They say people need to see good, the goodness of God when they look at your life. I was, I had, how many of, how many of us have had what, what I call delayed, delayed salvation here? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know even, I don't know if it's the right word to use, but it's good preaching. How many of you just, just struggled with the thought of being saved and becoming a Christian? How many of us? All right, I have my friends in the house like me. I, I, I struggled with it. You know why? Because all the people that were following Jesus and Christians that I was seeing, they were not looking good. I was just feeling in my mind that, oh, these people, if they're following Jesus and they're like this, some of them, they were wicked. Some of them were judgmental. Some of them just backbite. I, I, was, I was like, I, when they're praying, they shake their head like this, but the next minute they're hurting somebody. And, and I was like, no, I don't want to be like these people. Until God, who sees my heart, and Jesus knew that I want you to be saved. You are saved, and I want you to recognize it and get on board. Connected me to some lovely Christians. And I, when I met these people, I'd say, oh, God is good. I want to be saved. So you are God's masterpiece, my friends. That should mean a lot to you. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. So you are saved. And, 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 and you know, a lot of people don't understand. You see, salvation, your salvation is sealed. It's sealed in Christ. And, and when the Greek word um, for, there's a scripture that says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. The Greek word for the, the workout is a Greek word. The meaning of it um, in Greek is um, continuously working towards completion or perfection. That's, that's, that's what it means, you know? And that's why a lot of people feel that, oh, you know, um, you are not saved until you, you have to, you know, stay in one kind of conduct. That's not what the scripture says. Praise the Lord. And the, one of the most interesting parts of, of how God sees you is that you are blessed. Come on, point to somebody and say you are blessed. God sees you as a blessed person. You see, 
in, in Ephesians 1.3, that was one of the openings of Apostle Paul. He said, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm because we are united in Christ. You are blessed. Now, one of the reasons why it is difficult for a lot of people to get that when you say that they are blessed is because we tie blessing to material things. So you feel that I can't be blessed and I'm broke. I can't be blessed and my car keeps stopping. I have to change this car. You see, being blessed is more internal than external. A lot of times we misunderstand the meaning of being blessed. Being blessed is the totality of the spiritual, emotional, and mental health that God has granted into your life. You see, even when Abraham didn't have a child, he was blessed. So I don't, I don't care the situation of your life. I don't, I don't know what you are going through now, but I can te tell you this because it's in the scripture. I can tell you that God sees you as blessed. There is a working inside of you that is going to materialize to those tangible things that you are looking for. You know, a lot of people, they say, oh, I'm, I feel sick. How can I be blessed and be sick? That might be your reality right now, but that's not the truth about you. Because inside of you, the blessing of God is in you. And if you can stay focused on the fact that you are blessed, you will reject everything that is not a reflection of a blessed. I told a friend who was looking for a job, I said, I don't know how to tell you, the job is out there. And Jesus is going to prioritize you above every applicant. So you might need to check yourself if you are doing anything wrong. Maybe Jesus wants you to make those resume reasonable. Maybe Jesus wants you to prepare for your interview so that you can speak well. But the truth is that you are blessed. You see, the greatest blessing that God has given to us is Jesus. We are blessed by the presence of the Holy Spirit inside our hearts. And the Holy Spirit is always walking us towards perfection. The Holy Spirit is always doing something that the eyes cannot see. That is the blessing. But as long as we continue to connect and tie our blessing only to physical things, as long as we begin to feel that blessing is external, not internal, we'll be missing it. Even when Joseph was sold as a slave and put in the pits and locked up in the prison, he was blessed. Because he had the presence of God. And the Bible was always saying that and Joseph had the presence of the Lord. As long as you enjoy the presence of the Lord, as long as the Spirit of God is walking inside of you, you are blessed. Jesus is the ultimate blessing that God has released in your life. So when God looks at you, God looks at you as blessed. Come on, say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You are blessed. And that is irrespective of your situation. Your things might be so hard right now. You might be at that point in your life and you're wondering, why am I living? But God wants you to understand that you are blessed. I mean, you can go ahead and take it to him in prayer every day. God, I am blessed, but this doesn't look good for me. 
is your father. He listens. You don't sound ridiculous. How many of us know that we can never sound ridiculous with God? Because some of us are very official with God. Oh Lord, you are awesome. Some of us don't even think we can go to God in complaining and in, in pain. Father, Lord, this is just not working. God, you got to do something. And God is going to say, oh, how dare you? I will kill you now. No. If my children come to me and say, Dad, I'm very angry. I'm, I'm not happy. Do you know what I say to them? I say, tell me what's going on. Tell me, tell me what's going on. I want to listen. The only way God will show you kindness is even when you don't deserve it. That's why he's a kind God. So I want us to program this in our mind, in our relationship with God. God sees you as blessed. And if your situation, if your reality does not reflect God's blessing, take it back to God in prayers. Because he never lies. If I have to kneel down every day and say, God, I am a blessed child. People can hardly wait to see your blessing reflect in my life. God, what's going on? I need you. He's listening. He said, my son, I'm working on something for you. I'm on it. Because yes, he is in it. Hallelujah. And because you are blessed, you are his heir. He sees you as a member of his inheritance. Hallelujah. I want us to read Ephesians 1, um, 1 verse 18 again. Ephesians 1, 1 verse 18. He said, I pray that your heart will be flooded with light. In other words, with understanding. That you will, you will come to the consciousness. Um, I call it the aha moment. For a very long time I was following Jesus. I never got to that aha moment. I am praying today that the Lord will just open your heart and your mind to have an understanding of who you are to Jesus. And Apostle Paul was praying that to the, to the saints in Ephesus. He said, I pray that your heart be flooded with light so that you can understand the confident hope he has given to those he called. His holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. There is a blessing of inclusion that we enjoy as Christians. We are priority to God. And that must mean a big deal to you. A lot of times when we are in church, we allow the fact that God loves us. We allow it to settle in our head. It's never settled in our heart. And that's what makes the difference in how we respond. You see, when it begins to settle in your heart that God loves you, and you begin to picture what it means for somebody to love you, and you begin to picture what it is. To, I mean, I could do anything for my children. For my spouse, my wife, I can do anything for my wife. And when I begin to see how much I can go for love for those that I call my own, it immediately triggers my mind on how God can go all the way for us. You are the joy. You are everything that God... Let me tell you, every one of us, and parents here will agree with me, we all look good through our children, don't we? We look good through our children. When, you're, when, when, when you, you get, and I tell parents this because uh, I, I'm, you know, I belong to this parenting group which I lead um, and I, we always talk about parenting. There's going to come a time in your life your biggest compliment will be when people identify you with your son. 
want to say, oh, that's so 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 so's dad. And people that didn't pay attention to you will begin to pay attention. Oh my God, that's so, so, that person's dad. You can imagine that that depends on who that person is. If you are a sport lover, let me let me go that route. And a woman walks in here, and somebody says, "That's LeBron's mom." You know basketball. That's LeBron's mom. What am I telling you in essence? You see, our life, the beauty that our life brings will make God look good. And that's why you need to pay attention every day. You are very special to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine in our life that we have today if everybody sees everybody the way God sees them? If you look at your neighbors and you see them that they are loved, they are chosen, they are saved, they are blessed, will it affect the attitude of how you treat them? Of course it will. Can you imagine if we begin to see life in that picture? There won't be racism. There won't be oppression. There won't be inequality. Because every time you look at your neighbor, you see them the way God sees them. That's Christianity. Hallelujah. I want us to live here today with this consciousness in our minds. We we are nothing without Jesus. I know some of you have heard this all your life as a Christian. I wish you can make a new, a new meaning to you. Everything, all that you qualify for in the kingdom is because of Jesus. You see, no matter how good you are in life, I was telling someone this morning that no matter how good you are in life, you have no capacity to be good without Christ. You might not even acknowledge him. You might not be a Christian. You're just a philanthropist. You're just kind. The health, the life that you have, that you wake up every day to be able to make those millions, that life was given to you by someone. It's like a switch in the wall. On, off. That life can be switched off. But sometimes we forget in our minds and we begin to credit ourselves more than we deserve. Let's rise on our feet. See, the privilege and the, the righteousness and the goodies and everything that God has preserved for you is accessible through one heavenly code and that's Jesus you know, it's like putting your card in an ATM and you are required to put the code for you to be able to assess the money every time we want to assess the goodies of heaven 
Our accessibility is denied when we do not have Jesus. And that's why I'm telling anybody here, if you do not have a relationship with Jesus, you need to rethink you, which is the topic of our teaching. You need to rethink you. The only reason why even when I'm broke, I feel blessed is because I have Jesus. The only reason why even when I'm sick, I feel blessed is because I have Jesus. Jesus is the balance, is the, is the equation, is all that I sit upon that even when everything looks rough and everybody is going crazy and everybody is, is running at a scatter, I'm at peace because I have Jesus. You know why? Because I know he's looking out for me. So can you just imagine what you are missing if you have no Jesus in your life? I want to appeal to you. Let him come to your heart today. You might have known Jesus or you must have known about Jesus. But do you know him? I know about Superman and Spider-Man from my kids. But I don't know them because I don't have a relationship with them if they exist at all. Jesus wants to have a relationship with you so you can truly be included into the goods of heaven. That's what Apostle Paul is telling the saints in Ephesus to remember that everything is in Jesus. I want you to say this prayer with me. If this is your first time that you are coming into that relationship, just simple prayer. We call it the sinner's prayer. We've all sinned. Just say, Jesus, I'm yielding my heart to you because I need you more than anything else. There's nothing else that will work in the world for me. You are the only sure thing that will never fail. You are, you are a good, loving father. And I understand from today's teaching that you have already initiated the relationship. It's just for me to connect. And that's exactly what I want to do. Have mercy on me, Lord. And let me sit with you so I begin to walk with you. Glory be to your name. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen.